Hey guys, I'm your host Susan and welcome to Finding Solace. episode is going to be a part of the Growing Up mini-series on the podcast, where I invite people of all races and backgrounds to talk about their experiences growing up. In this episode, we will be talking about growing up Korean-American. With me, I have four lovely guests. Would you like to introduce yourself, ladies? Hi, my name is Alexis. Hi, my name is Grace. Hi, I'm Sally. Hi, my name is Jessica. Okay, so let's start off with how good is your Korean? So I was born here and raised here, and I attended Korean school for a bit. So I would say I'm intermediate. <laughs> I can talk and read, but writing is kind of icky. I was born here just like Alexis, but I watched so much Korean drama and Korean variety shows that I think I'm pretty good, but I'm not like perfect. So I was also born here, but I'd probably say I'm like the worst at speaking Korean just because a lot of my parents and I like speak Konglish to each other. So yeah, but like I can, I'm really familiar with reading Korean, so. Um, I was also born here in the U.S., but I can talk well, but I can't really read that well or write that well. But I do Jessica talk has, mostly in Korean. Jessica has that <laughs> accent. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I also have that dialect. <laughs> so in recent years, I feel like Korean culture really just blew up. Like a while back, there was this whole craze with K-beauty and its 10-step skincare routine. And of course, K-pop also blew up, especially with BTS and Blackpink. And not to mention, there's a lot of Korean dramas on Netflix. I remember the movie Work It had 21 song in it, so that was kind of cool. So with that being said, was there ever a time in your life where you felt really proud to be a Korean? Do I need to be really honest right now? Sure. You can be however honest you want to be. (laughs) To be honest, I feel most proud of being Korean by the fact that um, Korea fixed the coronavirus situation really well (laughs) (laughs) compared to the U.S. People would be like praising Korea for like the mask mandates and slowing down the curve. And that's when I felt most proud of being Korean rather than just the culture in general, because with culture brings a lot of negativity, too. And sometimes that made me feel embarrassed with being a Korean in the U.S. particularly. I was most proud of being Korean when mukbangs became popular. It's not mukbangs, guys. It's called mukbangs. And it's from Korea. And also the Baby Shark song. It's Korean. It started in Korea. So when it came here, I was a little confused. I didn't really understand what they were saying. And I was like, what are they talking about? And later I looked into it and it's like an English version of everything that I knew. And I was like, oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> this is that small country making big differences in the world. Yeah, I think also for me, it was like ninth grade, I would say. I'm a senior now, but it was like when BTS went to the Billboards. Okay, I was a fan back then, so I was really happy for them. I was like really proud. Yeah, I mean, I am still a fan. Like I keep catch up with their stuff, but like ninth grade was like my peak. The army's going to go after you, Jessica, now. Yeah, be careful. (laughs) Be careful. (laughs) Go where. 
I think it was really cool when Parasite won like multiple awards during the Oscars. Like I am not like a huge fan of like K-pop or K-dramas as much anymore compared to when I was like in middle school. But like seeing that like our own movie won best, it was like the best film of the year. I thought it was really cool. I think the director said something about that. Like the language is the only barrier. Once you get past that, there's so many different movies that you can watch that are like really good. That's so true. I think Korean dramas are literally the best. <laughs> best. Like the recent one that I watched was It's Okay Not To Be Okay. Alexis, Jessica, and I watched it while Sally and Grace didn't. So I'm kind of disappointed. No, no. I was waiting until the last episode came out because I need to watch it in one day. You need to watch it like as a marathon. You know, people <laughs> sit on their couches. They just watch whole series on Netflix. That's what I need to do. I agree. Uh, when I was younger, I was more into like Korean dramas compared to K-pop. I remember, I think it was eighth grade, eighth grade sometime. I spent, there's one Korean drama that's like really popular. It's called Airs. Um, mm-hmm. And I finished that and like, I think I started one like in the morning and then I finished it at like five in the morning, five, like just spent the entire day just watching the drama. Korean dramas always end with a cliffhanger. So I just can't stop there. You know, so I feel I, you. Yeah. I feel you. I have to finish. My all-time favorite old drama is called Gentleman's Dignity. It's very funny. I highly recommend. There I'm are like, a lot that are like really cringy. Mm-hmm. The older, yeah, too cringy. Yeah. The older you get, the older ones get. <laughs> <laughs> so cringe. Yeah. Speaking about cliffhangers, that reminds me of webtoons a lot. Oh, yes. Korean webtoons. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Korean webtoons are so good. They're basically just like comics, but they're web comics. So like they update every every single week and then you get it's so good. It's so good. Too short. I know, but like that's the beauty of it. You get to like just read it and then you're done with it. You don't need to like devote an entire hour to like reading one, you know, it's like. A quick yeah. Thing. All right. So Grace mentioned Korean food when she was talking about mukbangs. And let me tell you, I freaking love Korean food. I think it's one of the best cuisines out there. Like, the flavor is just immaculate. So, what are y'all's favorite Korean food? That's a really hard question. Really? too hard. Yeah. There's too many things. Or maybe your top three, then. My favorite Korean food of all time is kimbap, which is, like, Korean sushi, but it's not really sushi. It's like different from sushi. And then the second one is K barbecue. Mm-hmm. Delicious with like lettuce and rice and meat. And then my third <laughs> one, I forgot what it's called, but like it was the chicken. It's like braised chicken and spicy. The one I gave you? Yeah. Um chicken and spicy soup. I don't know how to say my top three has to be well, number one is Korean chicken. People might think Popeyes or KFC is like the end, but no, 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 you're wrong. <laughs> you have to try Korean chicken. And then a classic that I like is jajangmyeon. It's black bean noodles. The third one is tteokbokki. It's um, spicy rice cake. That's pretty good too. I honestly just like any noodle. <laughs> Same. I agree with Sally when I say um, a lot of noodles are really good, like jajangmyeon, ramyeon, 
just any myeon in general. But then I would also add, particularly for K-barbecue, I would say galbi. I really, really, really like galbi. And then I also really like kimchi jeon or kimchi buchinge because that's like the perfect thing to eat when it's raining. Like you have to eat when it's raining. You have to have like the kimchi jeon just like right in front of you. It's really hot. There are um, Korean pancakes with kimchi in it. So it's like spicy too. And then you also add um, bacon in it and it's just chef's kiss. Just <laughs> beautiful. It's delicious. I actually really like, I think one of my top ones is sujebi. It's like pieces of, I don't know what you say, like flour, flour pieces of flour. Like it, they're usually made like really thin and they're just into a soup and it tastes so good. There's usually potatoes and like squash and stuff in there. And the soup is so like, it's like such a comfort food. Yeah, I really like Classic it. Classic after the snow day. Yeah, actually. If it's cold and you have it, it's just amazing. What I really like about, like, when you go to a Korean restaurant is that they give you, like, side dishes first, and then they give you the main meal. So, like, while you're waiting for your food, you're still eating. And I, like, I love that about Korean restaurants. And the side dishes are free. Oh, my goodness, they are. But while I love eating Korean food and also Asian food in general, I feel like with Eastern foods, I got made fun of while eating like my Chinese lunch during elementary school because the smell was more pungent and it like it looked different from westernized food. So that's when I became super conscious of what I ate. So every time during lunch, I would open the lid of my Tupperware and then I would take a bite and I'll close it back up really quickly because I was scared of people saying, oh my god, ew, look what she's eating. And so, yeah, I just got really, really conscious of when I brought to school. Yeah, I noticed it in middle school because I was sitting next to, like, um, Jessica and Susan, and they would always, always cover their food. But we all would bring, like, Asian food, but they would always be covering it, and I would be eating whatever I have. But <laughs> they were, like, conscious of it, so I felt a little bad. Like, once I brought, like, this... It was like, it, this was also in like second grade. It was like a long time ago. I brought chokkal or like, what was it? The chamchi. So, no, not chamchi. It's like, what's a small fish thing called? Yochi, sorry. Anchovies. I brought that and then literally, um, what was it? Everyone was like, what is that? What is that? And then like, I gave some out. And then, like, one girl, she ate it, and she's like, oh, my God, it tastes disgusting. And then she literally went to the bathroom, and then she was like, oh, my God, I threw up, like, in my face in second grade. And so after that, I never brought it again. I just think, like, having, like, an experience like that is kind of, like, traumatic. Like, I don't remember anything in second grade. For some reasons, I remember that. Yo, kids can be really mean sometimes. Did you guys have any other experiences where you felt maybe bad being Korean or that you wanted to be someone else? I feel like when I was younger, I felt more of that. Now I don't really care. But when I was younger in like elementary school, I feel like I had a lot of white friends because they were like the majority. Then I wanted blonde hair. I kind of wanted blue eyes. But now I don't care. I think we all have that phase when like freckles because it's all in these picture books. But after that, I don't think I ever felt super bad about it. Yeah, me too. I was like surrounded by a lot of white friends as well when I was in elementary school. 
And like they all have like such pretty colored eyes, and I'm just like I have like dark brown eyes, just like the majority of population. They'd be like blue eyes, green eyes, like hazel eyes. Oh, and also like having long eyelashes. That was one thing I really wanted. Like my eyelashes are like really short. Locals <laughs> so, with Asian eyelashes, like Asian people, eyelashes just like don't curl the way other races do and it's so frustrating when you put on mascara and stuff and they droop too like when you put on mascara they droop back down they do yeah i don't think i ever had like or i can't remember a specific time when i i wanted to be someone different but like more recently it's more kind of like i feel bad for how some people that are asian like me have gone through such different treatment like especially now like during coronavirus I would see all these things about people mocking Asians. I feel like a lot of people don't realize like how Asian racism is kind of normalized. That's like kind of upsetting. The stereotypes that Asians go through, like that was normalized as a child, going through, like going through all those um, racist remarks, and like they'll do like the eyes and like the dragging it up or dragging it down. But in general, I would say. As a child, that was normal to me. And I was just, I grew up expecting that. And that was just, okay, that's just one problem to get through with my life. Like, when, when, when we get catcalled in the streets, like, that's just normal. Like, getting called racist remarks, that was just normal to me, too. And it's kind of sad, but I just grew up to face it and just deal with it. And that's just normal to me at this point. Yeah, I feel like Asians were taught to, like, oh, don't mind them or just ignore them. Like, or don't necessarily talk back to them. Just like, do you do your own thing and then just don't let them get to you. I agree. We're taught to be passive and not like, not interfere. If we ignore them, they'll ignore us and we'll just go our own way and do our own thing. But there was definitely like a stereotype about like Asians being different than the typical American, like prioritizing like education and you know, just being really passive and not caring about other people, and especially being selfish. I found that a lot of people thought we were selfish. I think with education is true. Like, like people would say, oh, all Koreans are like, all Asians are really, really smart. But it's just that Asians in general prioritize education the most. But <laughs> yeah, so like, I feel like it's a misconception that all Asians are smart. A lot are, like, definitely a lot are, but cut some people some slack. And, like, yeah. don't always yeah. ask for answers. <laughs> and it feels like a lot of people think, like, we definitely have it easy. As in, like, we don't study at all. And we just, like, get the grades that we want. But, like, honestly, like, behind that, like, if we're getting good grades, we probably put in a lot of hard work to get those grades. I think a lot of people don't realize that as well. Yeah, I feel like with being a certain race, there's always certain misunderstandings that comes with it. But I feel like we should also look at the good sides of the race and also their culture as well. Because I know Korean arts is really quite impressive. Alexis does Taekwondo. She is a third degree, third dawn black belt. And then Sally does Korean drum, which are both really amazing things. I started Korean drum and dance when I was in, or I started drum in first grade. And my teacher first started with ballet, so that's why I knew her. But after a year, she started um, teaching us Korean dance. And that was something I, I did for about almost 10 years up until eighth grade. And then 
eventually I had to quit just because I just couldn't spend more time and I couldn't like drive to her studio because she moved and it was much farther. But I think that those 10 years of my life were probably the most like eventful or not most eventful, but you know, like I went out so often to perform at different cultural events. That's something I'm really proud of. Because of that experience, I really got interested in learning about like traditional Korean culture. I think that really opened my eyes to like how important music and just like these type of entertainment is in a lot of other cultures too. Like I know in our school right now, um, ISA, the Indian Student Association, is really famous because of their Indian dances, and I think their dances are really good, and they practice so so much for them. And I like I really like watching that just because I feel like I can relate to what they did with their practices and their their traditional clothes and their makeup and hair and all that stuff. I really want to see Sally perform. <laughs> I actually got a chance to see it in real life. And it was quite cool because I've always seen her at school wearing half pajamas with like a backpack with hair in a bun. But on the stage, she was doing her own thing. So I was bragging to the people near me. I was like, that was my friend. (laughs) So what is Korean drum about? Um, There's a lot of different types of drum. I learned just the puk, which is just one like pretty big drum. And the tanggu, which is like a like an hourglass shape, but it's on the side and you hit both sides for that one. But the puk is the main one that I did. And that one is kind of new, I guess. It's not as traditional as like the tanggu. But the one I did was, I don't really know how to explain it. <laughs> it's very different from like um, westernized drumming because it's just one thing that you hit, I guess. <laughs> But um, there's the main, like, the deep sound in the middle and then the high-pitched sound on the, like, rim. And I think it's really simple, but it's really playful at the same time. So I sweat a lot when performing and just practicing because I'd be, like, moving around a lot. It's probably the most I've moved after I quit, like, no exercise at all. (laughs) That's what happened after I stopped doing dance. We need to brag about Alexis's black belt. Um, Okay, so Taekwondo is a Korean self-defense martial art, and um, it's Korean. (laughs) So I've been doing Taekwondo for over 10 years now. I honestly don't remember when I started. I know it's after I finished soccer. So just some background, I have eczema, and whatever sport I do, like whenever I sweat, I I have a a flare-up, and it gets really bad. So my parents were trying to find a way for me to exercise while still not having as many flare-ups because I tried swimming, I tried tennis, I tried like gymnastics, I tried take and then taekwondo eventually, and I just tried so many different freaking sports. And whenever I tried them, I would end up flaring up because I couldn't like get the sweat off and shower right away. But thankfully, there's a um a taekwondo tojang, um a taekwondo center. That's like two minutes away from my house. So the flare-ups didn't have to get as severe as they normally would through Taekwondo. And that's how I was able to continue that sport. I am currently a third Don. And once I'm 18, I can get my fourth Don. So when Corona calms down, I'll go back and prepare for my test. And that's essentially being a master instructor. So you can officially open a center of your own, I think. 
but right now I'm just an instructor. So none of that big business thing. But yeah, so through Taekwondo, I was able to connect with a lot of the guys because there's barely any girls in Taekwondo. I was almost always the only girl in Taekwondo. And while it was frustrating a lot of times when I was younger because, you know, it's harder to relate to a lot of the guys when you're younger. And especially when you're like throwing people around and like, you know, punching people. And some, you, have to end up, like, you end up hugging them sometimes when you're trying to throw them around. And it gets really awkward when you're the only girl. <laughs> but then thankfully, um, I had really great instructors and really great just friends in general in Taekwondo. So it wasn't awkward necessarily. And I really loved how they really treated both boys and girls as equals. Like as a girl, I'd never got a discount on doing like any push-ups or any like sparring matches. Like I got the same treatment as all the guys. It was brutal, but it was necessary. And I found that to be really good for me because it really taught me to just, you know, suck it up and act like a guy sometimes. <laughs> Through Taekwondo, I was able to connect with the sport that represents Korea. Because my parents also went Taekwondo when they were younger, too, in Korea. So I was able to connect with them through a sport that they also recognized. And yeah. Every Korean has done Taekwondo at least once in their life. <laughs> Never did Taekwondo in my life. I should teach you. It's okay. You're going to need to know how to defend yourself at one point. What if someone is like pointing a knife at you or pointing a gun at you? What are you going to do? Let's try to not get in those situations. Well, you never know. Worst case scenario. Like, they say that to us too, but you never know. I learned martial art um, from the furthest place from where you learn, just in case. <laughs> I'll give you lessons for free. You know how good of a deal that is? Never let her help you do the split. Yes, never. <laughs> I've been through that. I've been through that too. <laughs> it's okay. And she's smiling while they're doing it. <laughs> One day when you guys are good at martial arts, I'll be judging your um, ability to spar and break boards and do your forms. And if you do well, I'll pass out the trophy to you. I am Not a proud <laughs> orange belt. I've heard that's a fake belt. <laughs> I feel like a few years ago, K-pop was relatively irrelevant. <laughs> like, no one really listened to K-pop, but like now you see BTS and like Blackpink topping charts and breaking records. So I feel like that was kind of kind of a big turn for K-pop. In America, guys are known to be very manly. They're very tough and strong and makeup is very feminine. So they didn't really like K-pop because K-pop is singing and dancing, but they all look pretty. Not gonna lie, like the guys. So when K-pop became more famous, it was after they changed the style of their music, it became more hip-hop. So they adapted to this new era of like music. So that's when they came to America and it got a really big hit. I definitely agree with you on like the styles of music. There's a lot of different genres in K-pop too. Like there's ballads. OSTs and rap. There's a lot of different things. So I think as they like expanded, they got a lot more popular. When Gangnam Style was a hit, I was when it first came out as a song. I turned it on because I was watching one of the music programs in Korea, like in the living room, and I was like, "Hey, mom, that's so <laughs> cheesy. That's so funny." 
And then a few months later, um, it's in like the Guinness Book Record thingy, and I was like, oh, what has this become? That was kind of wild, not gonna lie. What did you guys get into K-pop? <laughs> so I was an oldie. So my first K-pop experience was the Wonder Girls coming to the United States. And I was so I was so proud of them coming here because I was like, oh my gosh, there's people on TV that look like me, and I was just so happy. And then I got into Super Junior and um, Girls Generation, 2PM, Beast. Um, what else is there? There's Shiny, FX. There's so many. Like, second gen K-pop was where it's at, guys. I think I, like, phased out of K-pop and I went to, like, mainstream pop around, like, just, like, elementary school, like, mid, I would say, second to fourth grade. I was just back to, like, normal American pop. But then fifth grade came around and I was back into K-pop. And then I was more into EXO and A-Pink. And then BTS came in a little later, I would say sixth grade. But in general, I only bought albums and stuff. But then I was mostly into the ballads and OSTs rather than the pop aspect in general. But there was definitely a phase where I was pretty into K-pop. I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> I only listen to Korean music because ever since I was young, my sister would always be watching Korean TV, listening to K-pop. So I just naturally grew into that. And I'm one of those OG K-pop fans. I'm not a big fan of the K-pop that's going on right now because... They're like the same age as us or younger than us. And younger, younger. They're younger yeah. than us. And I can't really relate anymore. I can't look up to that figure that used to be, oh my goodness, they're on TV. Oh my God, my opas. <laughs> but now they're like, <laughs> they're younger than me. So I don't really have that much hype anymore. And I naturally matured into the, like, the OSTs because I still watch Korean dramas and stuff. I think for me, my first K-pop experience was with Wonder Girls, like how Alexa said, and Big Bang. They were like the most like iconic Korean K-pop groups um, when I was really younger. And then once I got older into elementary school, I kind of became very Americanized, I guess you could say. So I watched a lot of like Disney Channel and listened to a lot of just like American pop. But like sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade was like my peak. I went back to Korean pop culture because I was really close with Grace and she was super Korean. And I've never like been friends with someone like who was so informed on Korean pop culture. I was a huge fan of Big Bang again in middle school. And I first started with like rock groups though, like CN Blue. I was a huge fan of. And then I started getting into like the groups like pop groups like EXO and but once I got into 10th grade I think I started to like slow down a little bit on Korean culture. Susan probably has a longer experience than you Sally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jessica got me into k-pop and then I remember her showing me a video of Shiny's hello and she was like don't ever like them they're literally the worst group ever and I was like wait what <laughs> and she was like yeah, just don't listen to them <laughs> I was like okay. No one just say 
to now listen to shiny is that what you said jessica i am very disappointed right now jessica <laughs> you are not my friend anymore <laughs> no we're ending okay. our ties today right now <laughs> what did i say that? i don't remember I, I i like shiny from their like ring ding dong plays um lucifer i listened to all these songs maybe i just didn't like hello because it wasn't so like like upbeat i don't know after hello i stopped listening to them so bye jessica for me, when I was younger, I listened to a lot of like the old ones, like Wonder Wonder Girls, um, Super Junior, definitely was one of them. Uh, Girls Generation, and Tara, Kara, is it Kara? Kara, Kara, and Tiara. Yes, <laughs> Queens <laughs> and Tiara. Yeah, and like those groups, cause like my parents, like at least in my household, like every Saturday and Sunday, there'd be like those. TV pros that they watch, and so I just watched that through them. I like didn't really listen to music at all throughout like elementary school, and then um, let's see, it was like seventh and eighth grade. All my friends were raving about like BTS, EXO, and all those pop groups, but like I I had a determination not to like them. We all know how that turned out. Spoiler: she ended up liking them. <laughs> <laughs> and then in eighth grade I got into like K-drama OSTs and I started watching K-dramas and then after that in ninth grade I got into BTS and then I went through a whole phase and then I went to a 101 phase and then I also went to an extra phase so overall I did get into it and now I'll listen I'll watch their music videos I'm not like a die hard like hardcore fan I'm more of a K-drama person it's definitely with like Grace said they're all younger than us now, and I just can't. I want them to be older than me so that I can kind of, like, have that looking up to them. Opa, so, yeah. Opa. Oni! Oni. <laughs> I grew up with, like, Korean variety shows much more than dramas or the K-pop. Because, it's like, my parents were always watching, like, the variety shows on TV. So I was familiar with those, and that's kind of what I still watch now. Because it's just really, like, funny. They watched one before we did this call. Me too. I was watching Running <laughs> <Me> Man. <too. laughs> I was watching Running Man while eating lunch. I was watching um, One Night Two Days. Mm, the that revamp is. was pretty good. Oh yeah, Muan Dojun was definitely one I grew up with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which was what? What's Muan Dojun? Infinite Challenge. Infinite Challenges. Yeah, with you just help. That means I saw him everywhere. Oh, and Happy Together. I watched that a lot. There's like something with like a three. I don't remember. Hebaki? Yeah, it's Hebaki. Oh, you watch that. That one ended a long time ago, so I don't remember very well. But I would watch it every single week because that was my sister's favorite show and I thought it was the most boring thing on earth. It was so boring. All they would do is talk (laughs) and I was like, oh my. They need to be running like running man or something. They have to be showing me something. For me, I'll say the most memorable ones are the OG old school Running Man videos because I grew up watching Running Man a lot. Just through like actions and like, you know, just sprinting and running and ripping off main tags, I can like feel the like intensity. I really want to play like Running Man. I really want to play the name tag game. I played it for church. I played it before too. I had a birthday party at my house when I was super young and we would duct tape pieces of paper with our names on it and we would run around the house <laughs> and we would like take the name tags off it was so fun yeah for me it's definitely running then 
Because, like, I mean, you can see who's strong and, like, who's weak and, like, who's funny just by how they're, like, ripping out the name tags. <laughs> There's a big contrast between everyone. <laughs> they have their own character. Like, each person has their own that role. Yeah. Definitely Running Man. I watched every single week, so it was one of those variety shows that I really liked. But recently, I like, um, it's called Shinso Yugi. It's New Journey to the West. And it's actually the producer, I think, is the old One Night Two Days producer. And he has a really good reputation. And it's the most hilarious variety show that I've seen lately. It's so funny that sometimes I'm laughing upstairs and my sister in the basement tells me to shut up because I'm laughing too too loudly. So, Yeah, I think Running Man is the most iconic variety show in Clayton, Korea. But I also really liked One Night Two Days. I remember I didn't watch it on TV. I watched it on YouTube. So I think for like a couple of weeks, I just like binged all the episodes for that. It's really funny. What is One Night Two Days? Today's is a variety show with usually six, seven members, and they play games to get food. So variety shows like Running Man, they give you the food. They don't base off all their activities on food, but One Night Two Days bases it off of lunch, dinner, breakfast, and where they sleep. Sometimes they sleep in a tent outside while half of the members sleep indoors if they win the game. Or for food, they also play games and whoever wins, like say three people won out of the six, the three people will be able to eat the really good, luxurious food while the three don't get any food or they get like a cracker version (laughs) of whatever they're eating. (laughs) Yeah, but the other side would be eating one of the best Korean foods that when you look at it, you're just drooling. If they go to like Jeju-do, which is an island off of Korea, I don't really know if they, I feel like they did. Um, but if they go there, then like the really good luxurious meal will have a bunch of like seafood because that's what like Jeju-do is kind of known for, like having a really luxurious, and then the other team will just get like one bowl of ramen. <laughs> <laughs> one night, two days is known to go to the small unknown places of Korea and kind of advertise it so people can go there for vacation. I remember there's one episode, I think they were all like stuck in a room and it was really hot and someone, (laughs) um, I don't remember the details because it's such a long time ago, but it it was so hot. So they're trying to open the window. They're all like piling on top of each other, trying to like, trying to get to the window and they're they're ripping each other's hair and stuff. There's also a show called The Masked Singer. Oh, yeah. And they made an American version. Yeah. Right? My sister and I still watch it on a weekly basis. It's really interesting to see. Like, you guess, and you're just like, ooh, who's that? Oh, and also for, like, K-pop people, like, Chuan Idol, when it was, like, Tony and Connie. Weekly Idol. I also really like Anan Hyungnim. Oh, the yeah, wing the recent one. The Knowing Rose. Yes, of course. It's really fun. I, I really like how they don't speak formal. You make a lot of dirty jokes. <laughs> I think it, they toned it down a lot, though. The old, like the older episodes, are really like out there. Like the casualness of it is really fun. An interesting thing about Korean culture is that, like, there's two different ways of speaking. There's like formal and informal. I think that's so confusing. 
honorifics in general are used when you're talking to someone who's older than you, someone you don't know, or someone you just respect in general, I would say? It really varies. Like, to your parents, it depends on the parent, whether you speak honorifics with formal or, like, casual. Oh, yeah, I'm casual with my parents. (laughs) I'm casual, too. (laughs) I'm pretty casual as well. But I know some of my friends talk to their parents in the formal language because they're not as comfortable because in Korea, you have to be very polite and that's it's kind of engraved into the culture. So I'm more casual with my parents because I think I'm kind of mixed with the American culture because Americans are more chill. They're more laid back than Koreans in general. So I'm pretty chill with my parents. I would say my parents are some of my best friends. So I would not use honorifics with my best friends in general. And also, like, they they always taught me to use, like, casual language with them. So I guess that's how I just learned. And I think with siblings, you usually do casual, right? I speak so down to my brother. (laughs) (laughs) I think the formal and informal thing kind of, like, is, like, very confusing to me. Or, like, in Korean, I get it. I, I'm totally fine with it. But, like, when I had a job last summer, all my coworkers were, like, let's say my boss's name was, like, Carol. They'd just be, like, oh, hey, Carol. And I'd be so hesitant because I'm, like, I don't know. Do I say Mrs. or Miss? Because I'm also younger, too, and I'm so confused. So I feel like it's really awkward when I talk to an older person without, like, a Mr. or Mrs. It's, like, at least for me, that's very awkward if I don't know the person that well. Yeah, me too. Calling someone by their first name, like an adult, is just like kind of strange for me. So the same goes in Taekwondo. Like all my instructors, I'll be like, oh, instructor, like la la, or master, master, la la. And I'm like, when I see them outside of the center, I'm like, do I say master in front of everyone else? Like that's going to be so weird. Yeah. Master Shifu. I'm not used to it. (laughs) Master People turn around and be like, what the heck? (laughs) No, we don't do last names. We do first names, though. I mean, oh. sometimes we do last names if they're, like, really up there. But if they're just, like, fourth dawn, then we use, like, the first name. Yeah, in general, I'll say any stranger I meet, I use honorifics. And it gets awkward when it's, like, my cousins and I accidentally use honorifics with them. But they're, like, the same age as me. And then they're, like, mm-hmm. you know, you can talk to me casually, right? And I'm, like, oh, shoot. <laughs> That's true. I feel like it's interesting because, like, when you're saying, like, when you're talking to another person, you're, like, in Korean, it's, like, by those hail, right? It's, like, putting you down. I found that, like, you can really see, like, the status is really important in Korea. And, like, it's also important in work in Korea as well. You have to, like, drink with them or something. I'm not very... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't really know that much about it, but I know, like, they work really late at night. Like, if until, like, the boss doesn't leave, then everyone else can't leave either. America is good. You go and leave at your times that you're with... <laughs> Would you guys ever want to like move to Korea and live there and work there? At first I wanted to, but then, so like right now we're all rising seniors and we're all looking at colleges. And one of my mom's friends suggested that I apply to the college that my dad went to because they have a lot of international teachers so they can, I can still learn in English, like the classes and stuff, but the acceptance rate, huh? that's one thing, but Also, it's a lot cheaper compared to American schools. Like, Korean University is so cheap compared to America. Like, America's, like, freaking $70,000 a year. (laughs) 
But then my I asked my dad about it, and he was like, "You would never survive in Korea. Like you would be compared to like cutthroat people who are so used to having academy classes until like 1 a.m. and then they study all night and barely get any sleep. Like I thought I didn't get any sleep, but then I looked at my cousins, and they're like, they really don't sleep. Really you know, crazy. I went to school in Korea for a while. I didn't think. Yeah, in like second grade, I went to school in Korea, and I didn't know back then, but like. It's the teachers who move around, not the kids. And you just sit there. And you also wear different shoes in school. You wear slippers. You don't wear your normal shoes because they don't want the school to get dirty. And they don't really have custodians. You're you're the one who cleans up the whole entire school. So it's like, I thought it was really weird. Cause I was so used to like having janitors and custodians do stuff. But then I had to clean up like my own desk and like sweep the floors. And it was so weird for me. And then afterwards, you all moved together to like academy. And I was like, I don't know what academy is. But then like I went to like piano lessons there. And then, like, you literally, like, there's, like, a whole studio, and there's, like, different rooms with different pianos, and you just, you're, you're locked in a room, and you're forced to practice for, like, one hour. It's, like, a soundproof practice room. And then, like, people are around you, like, doing theory lessons and stuff, and I'm just sitting there, like, I don't know what piano is. I'm just gonna do this, this, this. So, I actually went to um, Korea, like, a few years ago when I was raising freshmen, and um, the dad that I have, this mother and this father of mine, made me go to piano academy so I can practice <laughs> during vacation. <laughs> I only usually, I usually practice like, I don't know, max two hours, right? So I go in there. I don't want to be in here. I'm on vacation, but they're telling me to practice. Like, what do you expect from me? So an hour and a half, uh, look over maybe two hours and I'm like, I'm out. And all the students looked at me and they were like, where are you going? I'm like, oh, what? You just came? It's been two freaking hours. I need to go home. No, you have to stay here for at least four hours. Like, no. no. Yeah, no wonder there's so many prodigies in Korea. All they do is practice all day. Because the people that do piano after their elementary school years, that's a sign that they're going to major in it. Unless they're serious in it, they're not going to do it because they're so education-based that they're not going to do any extracurriculars unless if they're going to do that for their living. Yeah, especially since Korean like universities don't count in ECs in general. So there's no need for them to do ECs unless they really want to. That's true. The education system is a little bit different in Korea. Isn't there like an entrance exam for colleges? Or like if you get a certain score, you get it. It's like kind of similar to the SAT, but they only have one day, one try. Mm-hmm. So if you're sick, if you have a stomach ache that day and you have to go to the bathroom in the middle, so you have to like rush to finish it, that's the end of your admission to college for that year. So you have to try it the following year. But I never thought about living in Korea Korea is a great place to visit and spend time with my family because all of my family, except for my direct family, is in Korea. I would love to go on vacation, but I will never live there. I don't think I fit well with the society there. They're very, they think differently, they act differently. And personally, even though I'm fully Korean, I don't really like some of the systems in Korea. Yeah. They're very sensitive. They're very not chill. And everything is so tense and tight that I never thought I would live there or get a job there. If I get one, well, that's a different story. But as of now, no. <laughs> you know what's really cool, too? 
like people can like as a Korean American, if you just walk in Korea, they can tell just by the way you dress and how the how you look and just like the way you just your aura is just different compared to a normal Korean person. They would they would just stare. They would stare at you and be like, that person is different. They there's a the vibe is off. They would just like they look at you weird and it's like at least that's how I felt like like seven years ago. So I don't know about you guys, but I was just like I don't feel like I belong here, but I look the same as these people. They say that we don't look the same. Yeah, but like, why? <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with them saying that I'm not the same as them. I never like wish that I could fit in just right with them. But they would always look at my clothes and look at my athletic shorts, you know, from like Nike or the athleisure they would be telling me change out of those that's swimsuit wear and i'm like what because i wear them on a daily basis to go out to the mall with some chill friends or if i want to go to a grocery store or just school so i would just be wearing them and they would my aunt comes up to me and says why are you wearing that that swimsuit and i'm like don't tell me to change out of these when it's like 100 degrees <laughs> Yeah, the standards in Korea are very high. And like, also the trends in Korea also go really fast. So like in Korea, if like one person, if this becomes a trend, everyone does it. So like the white skin, the red lips, the eyeliner, like the down shaped eyeliner these days are pretty The straight eyebrows. Straight eyebrows. And like also people are very conscious of how they look or how they would affect other people around them. So like in some cases, it's really negative in the way that they're very judgmental. There are some good things, like especially like, let's say like, oh, in the COVID situation, at least right now, everyone cares about how everyone else thinks. So like everyone wears masks. There's not a single person without a mask. Everyone's extremely careful because if they're the one who like gets the other people sick, they're going to get slandered on the internet. The word spreads fast. And like, also, I heard from my mom for like, at least for school, if right now schools are open in Korea, right? So like, if one person gets sick, then all of them have to be tested, right? I mean, in that aspect, it's good as in they were able to catch COVID fast since people are more aware, but there are a lot of negative side effects in being that like high standard kind of place. Yeah, I think... Um, I would I wouldn't live in Korea, but some things like I really really respect is like their recycling, their health things like that, and like healthcare is really important there. Like you can just walk into a doctor's office and they'll help you like very quickly and well. You can tell that they care a lot about their country and where they are. But there's something about like America I think I'm just a lot more comfortable with. And I actually haven't gone to Korea in a really long time. It's been probably like over eight years. So I don't really know what's happening now. But I still talk to my grandparents a lot. So that's kind of how I'm familiar with Korea. But their lifestyle is so different. So I don't think I would work or go to school there. You have to pay to like put trash in in Korea. Seriously? Yeah, Yeah. My grandma, like... In her apartment complex, like, to throw away trash, you have to pay, like, 10 cents or, like, 25 cents each time you put in a bag or something. So, like, it's very clean. Yeah. I remember watching a TV show, and there was, like, a whole center for recycling, and there's, like, a security guard there who's, like, making sure you're putting in, like, the metals, where the metals go, where the plastics, where the plastics go, just so they can make sure that their community is very clean and safe, which I that's something that I think is really good, just because at least... 
in America, like recycling, you know, even in our school, like they mix the trash and recycling all together. And it's kind of sad. Yeah. Did you, I don't know if the listeners noticed, but like in Korea, if you're like hungover, you can literally go to a hospital. They'll give you an IV drip and then you're, you're good for a day. Like your hangover is gone. And that's like free. That's almost free. You know how insane that is? I was like, holy, healthcare is so good in Korea. And you can get like a full body check for like minimal cost, like very, very cheap. And if there's one thing that is like tempting me to go to Korea, it's definitely like the healthcare. Like like the metro, the trains, everything. You can get anywhere without a car. Like you don't need a car in Korea at all. Yeah, my grandma doesn't have a license. <laughs> she just goes to the grocery store on the bus. And it's very chill. Like, can I do that? Like, I don't want to get my driver's license. <laughs> 18, I still have my permit. <laughs> wow, I don't even have my permit. Me neither. Don't, don't come at me, people. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing that I wish America could be better at, especially the transportation for minors. Because here, we have to be so careful with everything. Our parents have to give us rides to every little place we want to go. But in Korea... Over the weekend, they just want to hang out. They leave their houses. They go over. They walk to each other's houses. They walk to the mall. They take the bus. They take the metro. And they're really free. But here, I have to ask my mom every single time, can I go over to Sally's house? Can I go over to Susan's house? Can I hang out with Alexis the mall? Can I eat out with Jessica? It's fine with them knowing, but I have to fit my schedule with their schedule. Because they have to drive me to places. So that's the one thing that I wish America was a lot better at. Yeah, but like that's the thing with living in a more suburban area. You don't really have access to easier modes of transportation. And like also in Korea, the security is really good. If you leave like a gold bar in the middle of the street in Korea, no one's going to take it. Because like there's so much security and like they can literally track you down. So, like, don't steal anything in Korea if you go there. Is there a place that you would really like to visit in Korea? I want to go to Jeju, though. I never went there. <gasps> Jeju is so pretty, but it's also when I went, it was really windy, too. But the water there, it's so clear. It's beautiful. And the horses there, too, beautiful. You have to go. <laughs> and the oranges there. The oranges there are great. No, let's go together. Yeah. I really want to go with, like, a group of friends or something, because, like, Last time you go with your, like, family, although it is fun, friends are, like, funner, you know? (laughs) It's different with family, because, like, family, no offense to my parents, but, like, they're not young. Like, they'd rather go to, like, (laughs) they'd rather go to, like, the chill places where I'm, like, I want to move, I want to have fun. They're, like, let me rest. (laughs) I think I also want to go to Jeju Island, because every single time I would always stay at my grandma's house, but... My grandma doesn't live in Seoul. They kind of live south in the countryside. So I'm surrounded by no AC, a lot of heat. Not really a great place to be when you're in Korea for vacation. But definitely want to go to Jeju Island. I also kind of want to go to Seoul or Seoul and experience all the things that are on TV because I go to Daegu and it's like a four hour drive to Seoul. So whenever I go to Seoul, it's like a vacation within Korea. So it's like special, but that means I can't really stay there for a long time. 
and I can't really experience everything. So I don't think I ever got a full experience in the city life. Definitely. I want to go to my grandparents' house because it's been, I think it's been like eight years now. My grandparents, one of them lives in the countryside, one of them lives in the city, like the, on the outskirts of the city. So then I got to experience like both sides, like the farmland and the city life in Korea. And there's definitely like perks to both of them. Like in the city, I can go to like all these, like these marts and stuff on the countryside. There's like those street side markets. There's a lot of like food that's like fresh produce and it's just it's so good. But if I were to go to Korea, I want to go to Lotte World. I've never been to Lotte World. Honestly, Lotte World is just pretty. Don't have high expectations on the rides because if you've been to places like King's Dominion, Six Flags, Bush Garden, Hershey Park, the one in the States, you're going to go to Lotte World and be very disappointed in the rides because you only go there for pictures. I went to Everland, but that's the only place I went. I feel like Lotte World and Disney World are kind of similar because Disney World, their rides are geared towards, like, I guess, younger people. But it's so pretty that you just like, like walking around and taking pictures. Wow, someone needs to take me to Korea, like, right now. I really want to go to all of these places. I hope that through this episode, you guys were able to either connect with your own Korean-American culture or you got to learn something new about Korean-Americans. And that wraps up today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, you're welcome to here whenever and wherever. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. 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 Bye, listeners. Alexis has fruit from her mom. <laughs> what is it? Is it's it- banana bread. <laughs> I was one. I smell like baking, and I was like, "Why is baking?" Is <laughs> Alexis? My mom would yell my name to come downstairs, not to deliver it upstairs. <laughs> and then if I don't go down within like three of her yellings, she barges into my room and yells my name again to come downstairs. Doesn't come up to my room and say, "Brought some banana bread." My mom. No, I, I told her I'm I'm recording, so that's why. She still wouldn't care. <laughs> yeah. but, and also i wouldn't be given it on like a plate my mom would be like that <laughs> she'd be like cut it and eat it and so i would just cut it from the pan and be like eating it <laughs> it's okay guys my mom doesn't make banana bread in general same how is it alexis it's very good it's warm and the the crust is crunchy like because it's like the crust but the inside is nice and soft and spongy and so we're doing a food review <laughs> podcast. So, Susan, how's your podcast going? Oh, it's going great. <laughs> Guys, there's walnuts and chocolate in here. Oh my goodness. I hope right. someone put peanuts in there. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> You're trying to kill me. Witness Alexa's death right now. He's never going to invite us again. <laughs> <laughs>